All right. Here's the music playing, queuing it up right now, which is really good. And of course, what do we have right now? <laughs> we have the wonderful Bob Jeswald show, but it's only wonderful because who the guests are. It's, it has nothing to do with me, of course. And and that always tell, helps to promote in health and wellness. That's our main topic of discussion, whether it's mental health, wellness, if it's somebody who has got a disease and they're trying to get past it. Um, it all comes with just taking one foot in front of the other. Get on a path. Let's walk it through so we can walk our way to health. That's what we're talking about today. That's coming up next on the Bob Jeswald Show. Personal power. People positive. The community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. Oh, I am so glad to be here again today. It's another good day here in the Deep South. Uh, when this podcast was, this is our springtime. We're end of spring. And we're about a good uh, month and a couple days and change uh, away from the 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 summer uh, solstice. I had to think I'm a meteorologist who should know this. And when I think of that, what's great about us here in the deep South, you think about people in sports, they can play sports. It can be active all year round because the weather's suitable for it. My guest and myself were once were Michigan and I'm from New York, Western New York, and she's from Michigan. It's Becca's Ajak. And, you know, we talk about the Midwest. We know how winter weather seems like it always makes people stay indoors. They're not going to do anything. But if you listen to this podcast and you are in Chicago, if you're in Detroit or if you're in Buffalo, New York, or if you're in, you know, Minot, North Dakota, or if you're in uh, Butte, Montana, you, there's other things you can do. You can recreate when it's cold. You know, there's no excuse. You can recreate all year round, but down here, it's so awesome because you can wear your shorts all year round, right? Yep. Shorts and t-shirt. I mean, that's just incredible in January sometimes. Right. And Becca's Ajax got a lot of good, good things that are coming to us. She, she started in uh, this region. She was with uh, a nonprofit uptown Columbus and she, she promoted a lot of good activities and, and, and much more. And then recently, in her last uh, year and a half for this podcast, she's been really heavily engaged in what's uh, called the Dragonfly Trails, and she's over that. So you're you're kind of like the I want to say you're like the president CEO. Is that fair? I was I just give you that title, but I, you got a board and you, you yeah, know. I, I think like that's a flashy title for I what know. I do. <laughs> I think I'm a jack of all trades, a one woman show. So some days I'm you know on the trails doing maintenance. Some days I'm the intern. Some days I'm the CEO. Some days I'm the fundraiser. Um, it's it's a it's just me from a full time staff, but I do have a great board of directors um, that help me out with lots of things and a great volunteer base that also you know is on the trails daily, um, helping maintain the trails. We love it, and and now somebody's like listening to this and they're like, okay, so why do I care? Why do I care? And I don't live down where you guys are. What would you say to them? Yeah, I think um, so. So trail systems are popular everywhere, um, and, and not just in Columbus, not just in Georgia, not just in the U.S. Um, really internationally, and these this is not something that's new. Um, this is something that has been happening for thousands of years. But it, there is sort of this resurgence about really prioritizing bike and ped, pedestri- ped being pedestrians, sure. over the vehicle in the last, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And, and so you want to be in a city that prioritizes that over cars. Um, and, and Columbus is really lucky that we have great leadership um, at the city, but also on the private side to make sure that these trails are happening. We hear the phrase rails to trails. A lot of people do that. We call it the Columbus Fall Line Trace because the, there's actually a fall line that runs from Macon, Georgia, Central Georgia to across the state. Uh, and the Norfolk Southern used to have it. We ripped it up. Yeah. Gosh, I, I was on that naming committee with Rick Jones, who just retired, but it was years ago. I, I, uh, 
2006 two, seven yeah, or 2000s. something like that. Yeah. And it was delightful. And I thought, well, this will never get done. What you have been part of with this Dragonfly Network is crazy. I'm seeing the signage all over the place. Even at the, the downtown YMCA, you have a partnership with that. They have bikes. You can, yep. you can get there as a member. And I take advantage of that. But throughout this, it you can ride portions of this rails to trails. It's now part of it. It's like when you think of a state route, you've got like a spur 22 that runs through Georgia, but really it's, 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 uh, you know, 85 or whatever, you know, you get all 85, there's 27. Is this like part of that too? You think about it. the Dragonfly Networks is utilizing it, but you're also connecting one spot to another spot throughout an urban area, which makes it tremendous as far as safety and just maps out a great thing. And it gets everybody inclusive now. It's not like you have to head downtown to go use a, use the pedestrian walk or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's really kind of where the idea of dragonfly trails came from. So specifically in Columbus, we had two unconnected trails. So we had the river walk, which is basically the most beautiful utility road for the CSO um, system, our sewage system. And then we also had the rails to trails, which is called fall line Mm -hmm. trace. And, and as Bob mentioned, you know, um, using utilizing old rail beds that are no longer active um, and just basically ripping up the mm-hmm. old train tracks and then laying down concrete. Um, it was, it is and was a super simple in effective and inexpensive way to add trails. So that was really popular. Um, and there was a lot of federal pro- programs su- supporting that. Um, so anyways, in Columbus, you know, we sort of had these two trails and we had them for 10 or 20 years and they just weren't connected. And really the people that had access to those were people who lived or worked adjacent to the trail, but people who, um, you know, didn't live off of one of those trails, which again is only, was only combined 25 miles or something like that. When you think of all of Muskogee County, it's really not that much. Right. So our group and, and really Dragonfly Trails was started by civic leaders who just sort of had this idea um, after they went to Chicago to a to a conference that was it was called the eight eight it was by eight eighties, which means how do you make cities for an eight year old and an eighty year old? And what one of the people came away with, Ken Henson, if you know him, he yes. heard trails. He just saw trails, he heard about trails, and he became really this the figurehead of of spearheading this idea. And and so um, he and some other civic leaders sort of started talking about it. And we were really fortunate when they went to seek out experts. The PATH Foundation is in Atlanta. And the PATH Foundation does this work all over the Southeast. They've done the Beltline, if people are familiar with that in Atlanta. They've done um, the Thread in LaGrange, the Link in Noonan. They've done trails in Carrollton, Sandy Springs in Florida. Um, And they were right in our back, basically in our backyard in Atlanta. So they came to Columbus and um, we wanted a master plan. We wanted to create a trail network, kind of like when you think of a spider web that touches and provides access to as many neighborhoods and also destinations. So the Riverwalk is great because it touches a ton of um, kind of economic development huds. Now it's it's touching uptown, it's hotels, it's restaurants, all of those things. Fall Line Trace is a little bit more residential, but we really wanted to be able to connect farther south, farther east, farther north, and fill in some of those gaps with this trail system. And so we created a 65-mile master plan that when it is done, it will connect almost all of Columbus by trail. You will have access to a trail within, you know, maybe right outside your front door or maybe, you know, a half, half block down or something like that, but something that gives you access to a trail. And those trails will be able to take you 
all the way to the river, all the way north to, you know, at one point, at some point, it'll be Harris County. Yeah, which I want to get into that, too, because that's with Kim Tharp. We were talking yep. to her, who has the same title as you. I think I think she has a few people underneath her, though. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe she is a CEO. Would it be fair? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but what, what I, and we'll get into that, because I don't want to cut you off there, because that's what's really interesting. Because if you could connect another county, that's just remarkable to go from literally Fort Benning, Georgia, all the way up to maybe Troop County outside of Harrison Troop, because those will all connect at some point. Yeah, and so that's that is the plan. There is a group. If you've heard of Columbus Twenty Twenty Five, it's really thinking regionally about 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 our future. How do we connect? There's you know, education and economic development, all these different buckets, but our group is connected, or excuse me, is focused on connectivity. And we're talking, we're currently working with Harris County. We're working with Chattahoochee County and not only Fort Benning and using their trail system, but also um, like the county of Chattahoochee. Like the, the there's actually, a, you know, um, Casita and all of these other little cities down there um, that we want to work with. We're working on the other side of the river with Phoenix City, with Russell and Lee County, um, all the way out to Opelika, to Auburn. I mean, we have maps developed, you know, very, very much in the infancy stage for a lot of these. Um, And then also, as you go farther north in Meriwether, we'd love to connect to LaGrange. And there's a there's a plan even farther north, really through most of Atlanta, um, that is, you know, it's on paper. And so if we can get that path, I think it's called the Riverland or something like that. But basically it parallels the Chattahoochee River. It kind of stops just north of Meriwether, which is um, LaGrange. But we want it to come all the way down to Columbus, to Harris County, to Muskogee County, um, to really start being able to travel throughout Georgia on trails should you choose to. And this is becoming very much, like you said, a spider web kind of thing. It's spreading out. In, in many different cities in, in order to, to, to bring people off the, let's say, the urban connection or the inner city to now suburbs and, mm-hmm. and to your backyard. It gets people active, gets fit. There's no excuse. You can ride a bike. Um, people walk. They're pedestrian. You also can do, I've seen skateboarders on it, but we don't want motorized type vehicles on it, right? Yes. Not yet. They're so not um, trails really, I, I think like they are, absolutely made for everybody so yes you absolutely have the recreational people who are out there trying to get fitness running walking riding their bikes roller skating during covid what became the most apparent not only on our trail system but really internationally and nationally is people walk the trails or went on the trails for mental health reasons like just it was a safe split a safe space where you could breathe and just get a little reprieve from everything that was going on, especially if you were working from home and you weren't used to that, or right. students just wanting to see other people maybe stuck in their dorms. Um, and so there's sort there's definitely the wellness, mental and physical health. Um, but there is also this great opportunity for alternative transportation. Um, that is something people want. Not everybody wants to own a car and, and drive their car to work. They want alternative ways. Or some people cannot afford to um, have a vehicle. And so the trails currently are this great network of, of that allow people to get to where they need to go. Whether that's the grocery store or school or work. Um, but the more trails we have, the more people might start moving away from actually driving a vehicle um, to using the trails for transportation. It's, you know, cheaper, it's generally quicker, yeah. and it's much better for our environment and the, for yourself. It's, yeah, you, you hit on so many things that I am so passionate about, and I could see it in your face how you're lighting up like that. That is something, 
that I wasn't even going to think about talking about today, how this could be the new way of transportation. Why not? You know, when you get on a rail to trails, whatever city you're, wherever you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you guys are taking advantage of this in your backyard. Because you think about it, rail systems that were ripped up at one time uh, that become part of a new trail, it's it's fascinating because when they go through, there's it, it's like a nautical mile. Like, it doesn't matter if there's if there's a, you know, road up here, or there's a store there. I mean, it just cuts through regardless the way the yep. rails did. And it does shorten the duration of a trip. Like, I can run certain places or I can do the Manowar Trail. Now, we're talking about Kim Tharp and Harris County from one point to the next, which would go into Dragonfly at some point when it goes past Catala and all the way down. Hopefully, you guys, it's going to connect. And it, sometimes it's a little longer because you see more of a nice sightseeing, mm-hmm. but you can get off trail and there's these other off trails and parks here that you can go off bike riding or there's the Ellerslie Park now which is a lot of it's dirt it's more of a trail run kind of thing but it's inclusive in that one particular area but if you could connect all these find a way to get a bridge but what I want people to understand is too they're, they're probably thinking okay how in the heck does Becca's Ajax take this Dragonfly Trail Network and by the way before we get going on that where did we come up with Dragonfly where did, where, is oh that? such a great question yeah. I, I, I love that you asked that so it is a node to um, the Chattahoochee River and how Columbus has developed but for anybody who doesn't know basically uh, the Chattahoochee River we're on the fall line in Columbus which means it's the last it's the farthest place north you could go um, we had textile mills and so a lot of our our section of the Chattahoochee River was dammed and when you have dammed um, a dammed river basically the species pretty much die because it's stagnant water you know the the plant life is not developing and and the water you know naturally streams creeks rivers are supposed to flow um so talk about another great civic idea uh there was when the textile industry sort of um left Columbus, uh, we had great leaders that decided, let's look at this Chattahoochee River. How can we get some economic development from it and make it a tourist attraction? And they ended up creating a whitewater course, the longest urban whitewater course in the U.S., and blew up the dams. And so the river returned to its natural flow. We saw blue herons come back. We saw um, shoal lilies. We saw the bass come back. And what we also saw were dragonfly trails. And dra- or, Excuse me, dragonfly. Okay, that would be magical, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, just Ooh, trails pop up. I like that, yeah. <laughs> um, but dragonflies are indicator species of clean water. So when the river went from dam back to flowing, right. it helps with the health of the water as well. So it's like this really beautiful idea. Um, you know, Columbus, if, if you guys haven't been here or you, you aren't from here and you don't know the history, um, you know, the Chattahoochee River is now the heart and soul of our community. It is what drives tourists here. It is what attracts and retains talent here. Um, we have built whitewater courses, zip line. We have the trail system. We have this outdoor adventure Paddleboard, kayaking, and, and world champions come here to practice. Yes. Even in a cold winter in the water temperature, I think today I was looking at Columbus Waterworks sends me a thing. It's like, I think the water temperature might, it might have dipped a little bit today. I'm not sure why it would have done that, but it was, I could tell you in two seconds here, it's funny that we're talking about this. Uh, okay, it's, it's yeah, a little cooler today. It went 68 to 69 degrees Fahrenheit. It was at 71 last week. So it has to do with water levels and stuff like that. But but this time of year, but it's perfect for whitewater adventure. It's, it's excellent. And, and really the river has, the river and all these other assets have driven economic development in our downtown. I mean, it's, it's incredible Big how time. symbiotic all these things are working together. Um, it's yeah, synergy. It's really Remember that word synergy? It yes. kind of synergizes everything. Um, I, I'm looking at that and I'm seeing how, when you're, when you're talking about how it just brings all this together in the dragon, now we know what the dragonfly 
uh, trail came up with that name, I kind of picture that. It, it, it's a new life. It's a resurgence of something. You're coming up with existing infrastructure, sidewalks, and things that can be part of it, and you have signage to kind of direct you and let somebody – the great thing is you don't have to be from here. You don't even need a GPS if you just kind of get on one of these trails, you just kind of follow it along and you can see one of your, your beautiful boards that you've been making. And it, it's, it's wild. It, it's even by the North Highland dam, you got even a big welcome to the dragonfly. Yeah. You got all these different things that are out there to really just show you where you're at. So how do you take existing stuff and map it up? Because it's not like, it's not like this, you're going out there with bobcats, although there are some portions that you've done that, but going in there and ripping up, new trails and ways to go through a city. It's not that way. Explain how you, because it takes, it's very intuitive, but it's at the same time, it's genius in, in a way, how you guys are doing this. Yeah, and, and so that's where I'll give some credit um, to our partners, the Path Foundation and Kaizen Collaborative. Because they are experts in doing this work throughout the Southeast, they really have an eye for these things. And so it's a really fun um, relationship that we have with them because they have this wealth of experience from all over. So they're looking for roads that are oversized. They're looking for um, neighborhoods that have parks near them, things that we need to connect to. But then the Columbus folks, like myself, the city, um, and some of our board, we go and walk with them and we look at things together because there's there's what you see as an expert who's a trail builder, like you're looking for certain cues, but there's also living in Columbus and knowing like, oh, people want to go that way. People don't want to go that way. Oh, there's this back way that nobody knows about that we could throw a trail through. And so it's really working in a collaborative way um, to design the trails because you you certainly don't want somebody from out of town just building trails because it's it's not, you need to actually like live and breathe and work in the area to understand how the trail should function. So it's this great um, just kind of partnership that we have. But I will say, we have a master plan, and I can tell you every time that we um, – so we, you know, it's lines on a map. And we're when we get to the point where we're ready to start designing a trail, like, for example, we're going through um, – Right now, our, one of our connections is um, from the Riverwalk to Midtown. Okay. Well, we ended up going on 11th, but we were going to go on 10th. We were going to go on 9th. I mean, we got really far in the design on each of these, and we kind of just kept running into things. We're like, this is really not the best experience for the trail user. Um, and so we just work through those things. And some of them are no-brainer. Some, some of them are like, okay, A to B, one way, it's obvious. Um, one that we're really – working through right now and and the community um will hear a lot about it is lake bottom lake bottom um so we're right now we have a connection that's done basically to joey's thrift mall uh which is 10th avenue and Winton, and then we're going to kind of cut behind the museum to get to dinglewood that one's pretty straightforward but to get from dinglewood park back to the fall line trace it's really challenging. Yeah, there's, how do you do that? Because you got th- you got to go through a rail. You got to go for the Norfolk Southern Rail Yard. It's yeah. like there's a big train in the middle of the city. Like it's like what? Yeah. yeah. So you got to go over a bridge, probably, right? Well, at, at least. Yeah. It's so it's it, and the you know Lake Bottom is such a heavy, uh, such a dense place for housing. You know, you don't want to take and there's not a ton of extra road width. We don't want to take away stuff from Lake Bottom Park itself. You know, there's not there's not these there's not a no-brainer way to get to See, that, get I, all it. these things you're touching on make sense because the average 
I would say the average user of Lake Bottom appears to be, and I could be wrong, is, is, is pedestrian, really. You know, runners and pedestrians, yeah. the same thing, but just using their feet. So it's a lot of foot traffic. It's a, So people understand this is a, another cool thing. It's a part of the city where uh, Wiracoba Creek runs through, and they, they kind of engineer the water to channel a little bit better. But when it does overflow, it's designed to flood a little bit because it is a detention kind of area, but it's a functional space as a result. So it's got, you know, soccer fields, a little bit of track and field in there for the high school. And it has uh, baseball fields, you know, little softball fields and that. So it's, it's a park and, and much more with that. Um, but, yeah, what do, you, what do you do when you're coming into Because people are going to be like, if somebody's listening to us, they're going to say, well, you got to enlarge the sidewalk. And, and you've done some of that already on the Riverwalk, but you can't – I mean, how do you do that during – like a city like that and how do you connect them how, i mean what what are you thinking about how do you get them from there you know from dinglewood park we're coba mm-hmm. and then get them back downtown how do you yeah i mean it, it's it's certainly like again working with trail experts working with people who actually use the space on a daily basis but these trails belong to the city of columbus and to the citizens so we have to listen to what the citizens want and so we usually come up with one or two routing options and usually we're favorable towards one and then we do public hearing so you know i can't tell you how many people on social media um, will send me stuff that just says hey when are you putting a trail here or here's my idea or like i've heard you talking about dinglewood you know i would really I want it to connect on the north side of the creek and somebody else wants it on the south side of the creek. So it's it's really just working together and listening to the community. And there are just some, in, on some trails, there's just some structural issues. Like, you know, we can't go um, within 25 feet of a stream. We can't go, we, we don't want to go where there's a ton of utilities because to move utilities, it can get expensive. You know, sometimes we haven't had this is- issue, but in other cities, um, sometimes you're trying to go through private property and either the property owner won't give, I mean, actually a great example of that is um, the uh, fall line trace. So you know how it ends at fall uh, Salmon road, right? The rail line actually goes all the way to Harris County. It's like all that, all that growth is there. It's just like, you know, the rail, you know, darn well, it didn't just stop there years ago. When did, yeah. Where does that, and, and so the concern, the issue with that one is when they were building it, they couldn't get the property owner to give them the rights to bring the trail through there. But yeah, I thought it was owned by the Norfolk Southern, but not necessarily. Did they buy it up from them or there sell it? Other, there were sections that were privately owned. I so never that's knew that's why it stopped there. So we haven't had, you know, Dragonfly has not had that issue, um, but it is something that a lot of other trail systems have. And I know we'll deal with it at mm-hmm. some point in the next 30 miles. It's just the reality of trail building. And so, you know, all of our trails are not, I, I would ab- absolutely say like the routing on every trail is not going to be perfect. There's some places, you know, we we built one and I'm, I look at it now and I said, ooh, I wish we would have just shifted it, you know, a foot over here or something. Like, yeah. So there's going to be these little things that you sure. sort of learn um, as you go, but having this really diverse group of experts and people who use it, it helps troubleshoot a lot of those issues during the design phase. That makes sense. This is incredible. You don't realize how much this takes. So what is a day like for you? Okay. So what's next? Okay. Let's just say, is there, are you, since you're, you're kind of the one man band, are you going to these residents still to try to see if you can connect that, that extension of that Salmon trail beyond Salmon road, I should say. And then Man of War and those two are both separate. They run parallel, right? They don't, those aren't, a lot of people think those are one and the same, but they're not. So I honestly would have to look at the rail line map to to tell you that um, with confidence. But, you know, 
the Solomon, the Rails to Trail has ended at Solomon Road, and we've known that for, you know, 10, 20 years now. So we have come up with some other alternative ways. Um, but again, when we get farther along on that particular trail design, we're not there right now. We're working on some other ones. Okay. But when we get to that one, um, we're going to explore those property owners again. Now, the challenge is it's highly residential now. It was not like mm -hmm. that back in 2010, 2011 when it was built. Um, so we're going to explore that, but it, it may not be feasible. So we'll have to figure out some other way to get up there. Gotcha. See, yep. that's going to be, th this is just, uh, it, it's really neat. The importance for people to, um, kind of conceptualize and understand what does it mean to the, let's get away from the downtown area. Let's get to these neighborhoods. Now, what's the benefit of somebody maybe forking it over to someone like you guys to do this? Cause what, what would they get out of it? Yeah. So, uh, on it. Besides the fact that it would be in my backyard and I can hop on the trail, I can walk, roll right out of bed, get on the trail that's in my yard, but do you want people passing through? How do you convince them of that and what do you they know, get out of it? It's what? incredible. Yeah. Property values increase when you are close to a trail. And if you had a trail running through your property, it provides, so let's let's talk like about this. two different okay. types of private property. Sure. Let's talk about residential and let's talk about commercial. Okay. Commercial is a no-brainer, right? So right. if you put uh, so a great example good is for the businesses. some yeah, projects yeah. that are happening here, you know, where um, uh, Fetch Dog Park is part of yeah. Mid-City Yards, yeah. okay? Um, having a trail there, people walk their dog to Fetch. People are going to walk their dog to a brewery. Highside Market is another development. Mercer University, all of these different developers, we have either have come to us and say, hey, we want to connect to the trail, which those are the ones that are really on their game, okay. um, like cotton companies. Or we've had other um, developers, you know, start to work on their project. And we said, we try to meet with them and say, hey, could we put a small connection? We call it a spur. So a good example of that is um, if you're familiar with Mercer University and mm -hmm. City Mills, right in between there, there's this little, I don't know, not even an eighth of a mile connection from the Riverwalk to First Avenue. But you open it up by having that little section to everything that's going to get developed um, east of First Avenue, right? You know where Mercer University yes, is? Yep. All of that stuff is going to get developed to the east. There's already apartments happening. So we want to try to get ahead of that stuff and make little connections. But commercially, you're, you're providing access to whatever your service or business is. So people have, if they have a better way to get there, it's easier. Right. They're going to come. Um, and we've seen this, an example of this that's so perfect is go to Atlanta, go to the Beltline. Look at those businesses that have access to the trail. I mean, the property values are skyrocketing. So there's that side. From a residential standpoint, we're also seeing property values increase. And a lot of people are seeking out um, homes that have access to trails, like the historic district in the last probably five to 10 years mm -hmm. have boomed. And it's, it's the housing market there is, is out of off the charts because they have access to the Riverwalk. Sure. We're seeing that now happen because the Riverwalk is connected um, in Bibb City. We're seeing that happen in kind of the Bibb City area now. So there's value in trails. Um, I think it's not everybody knows that. And so that it does take a little bit of educating, um, but you're also, you know, you're helping a project that's that's creating beautiful public space for our community. So, you're so positive when you say this. Where's the negative of this? What would be the 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 real headache? What do you think? It's like, what do we? How do you get somebody to conceptualize it? Because we get it. You know, we're doing this podcast. We know the benefit of connecting. The, the fact that you don't even need to take 
your public transportation at at some point you can get on a bike and ride and and the, the, a lot of times these trails cut off a lot of the busy parts of the of the city or the roads that you could get there quicker and it may be going through a neighborhood or a residential area or or a business and you you got to be at some point it's like when does it come to an end or is this something we we only know we're going to get this far and say that eh, throw our hands up we're done or is this this is something that can go on for years yeah I, I think years i think decades i think <clears throat> it's a never-ending project yeah. um one of the challenges uh, i face is um people don't so you and i get it right like right. we're on the trails we use them we see we see all of the positive aspects the economic development the camaraderie the health the wellness like we feel it we live it as we're on the trails. Um, people who maybe don't have, maybe they don't have a friend that takes them to the trails. They don't have somebody to go on the trails with. They don't even know where the trails are. Um, they don't understand the value of the infrastructure or they wouldn't even consider taking a bike or they haven't been on a bike since they were a kid. It's overcoming those barriers that's sort of challenging. But if you put a 10 foot wide, beautiful concrete landscape sign path three blocks over, maybe they don't use it the first six months, but like at some point they are going to get on that trail and use it. And that, and that's like setting your feet on the trail is when things start to change. Um, and so that's, that's sort of the, tr that's sort of the struggle. And that's why we're so adamant about making sure that we are providing access, especially to, to areas that are highly dense in neighborhoods or areas that have destinations people want to go to. Uptown's a no-brainer. One of the connections we're working on now connects the Columbus Museum, um, Dinglewood Park, uh, you know, where Midtown Coffee is, mm -hmm. and Jarfly. People want, you know, Jarfly, for example, is a great place. Like, you want to be able to just bike there, right? You yeah. just, like, you're, you live in Midtown. It's, what, a three-minute drive? Like, sure. oh, I could just walk. a couple lights, busy intersections, but Yeah, do if this. I could just walk or, right. um, you know, bike there I would people would love that opportunity and so it's just sort of you know it's what comes first I'm not really sure but we are we know if we put the infrastructure there people will start using it and we've just seen that happen um, that goes back to and I made a joke you heard me have a conversation before we started this podcast today <laughs> I was talking to somebody in Los Angeles uh, a woman that I know in LA and we we're talking about Vegas because I was in Las Vegas for for some time and they would build a casino. You get you get the big moguls, you know, like Sheldon Adelson, you know, from Venetian, or you get Steve Wynn, or you know, um, you know, these guys come in there and they build a casino, monster size, and people come. You're like, well, they got already got a dozen here. You got thirty over here. You build it and dug on it, they'll fill it up. It's yeah. like if you build it, they come. Is that is that a similar? It might be a crazy no comparison, I, so but I would think we are so lucky in Columbus. Like when you need to convince people of something. Tell them the history of the Riverwalk. Yeah. I mean, so you Which and is, I didn't yeah. grow up here, but right. for those those people that did, but you've heard this, the Chattahoochee River was not something people wanted to look at to be be to be by. Somebody um the you know, somebody said the other day, if you had an old TV or a refrigerator, you considered dumping it there. That's the sort of vibe the mm -hmm. Chattahoochee River was giving giving off bodies well, too yeah exactly. <laughs> I heard well, some coins true. from Phoenix <clears throat> City yeah. too might ting, still ting, be a little there. yeah a little bit of uh, one one uh one armed bandit sitting out there uh, but machines. you know when when Columbus Waterworks led um the project again with the city and tons of other partners but basically taking our um combined sewer overflow system putting it underneath and adjacent to the Chattahoochee River, but then building this beautiful structure that pedestrians could use and the community could see as an asset, it completely changed downtown. I mean, downtown yes. had like a little vibe going, 
But when you look at the development that has happened along the Riverwalk, if we're just talking about um, basically up down to Bibb City in the last, we celebrated the 25, uh, 25th anniversary last year. So in 25 years, that's close to a billion dollars of economic development. That is insane. Like yes. that is a perfect example of what trails can do from an economic development standpoint. And then our trail counters are saying we almost have, um, I think we had 850,000 people pass our trail counter last year. How do you do a trail counter? I didn't uh, even know that was even there. I know. So I don't want to tell you where it is. You can't tell. Oh, this, yeah, just, or we'll keep riding back um, and forth on it so we yeah, get more money. Exactly. Look at all this traffic. <laughs> somebody will break it or so something. Break, yeah, no, you don't have to tell me, but but what the heck is it? What is it? A, is it a digital thing or is it um, a, a it's wire? It's like a, a infrared, I guess. Really? Or like a, Interesting. Don't ask me that. How does it know if it's not the same person going back and forth or I'm being... Um, no, it, yeah. it does because it only counts you going one way. So if okay. you were to do a circle, it's going to count you twice. Sure, right. Well, it's another... Yeah, because you're using it, but that yeah. makes sense. That is cool. I so did not know So let's say somewhere that. around that. Amount. Somewhere on the trail. Yeah, so we have, beam. A, we have a few of them. Yeah. Um, and it's that data is so important because yeah, when, when people are like, it's, you know, yeah. people don't use the people don't use that trail, and we're like, actually, yeah. there's two hundred thousand people that have gone by in six months. So I, I'm going to tell you something. You in in Kim Tharp was saying this too, and she she was giving you some plugs. Uh, this if somebody's listening to this podcast, go back and find the Kim Tharp from the Harris County Chamber of Commerce, in addition with Becca Zajac here today because you can learn so much from those two to see. They're, you know, they're engaged on both of these in different levels, different, different counties. But Becca's is a little different because she's, you're not talking about one network. She's talking about various parks, but working with you to do it. My last thing is, like, how does Dragonfly end up on the Riverwalk? But is it called Dragonfly? I think that, that's a question I get a lot. Yep. People, is it the Dragonfly or is it the new name for the Riverwalk or, or not? What do no, we, I'm, I'm so yeah. happy you asked that. Yeah. It is a little bit confusing and I hope that we'll... Um, with better signage and just continuing to have these conversations with the community, yeah. it'll get sorted out. But here's what's going on. The Dragonfly Trail Network encompasses all of the trails within Columbus. You're the umbrella. Exactly. Okay. The Riverwalk will always be referred to as the Riverwalk. Nobody's going to call that the Dragonfly Trail. Sure. I mean, it is. people know it as the Riverwalk. That's what it's always going to be. The Fall Line Trace will always be the Fall okay, Line Trace. Gotcha. That's what okay. people know it as. But these little connections, like the one we're working on right now, we're calling it um, like the Uptown to Midtown connector, or we have like Martin Luther King Jr. Trail. So there are some other ones that people are starting to learn the name of, but it's a little confusing. But the network itself is called Dragonfly Trails. There's not like one section of the trail that's called Dragonfly. The whole, it, it encompasses all of it. I got, see, that makes sense. Good. I'm going to have to share that with some people because they were very, they were like, is this going to be, is this the name of it now? And that makes more sense. It's yeah. like direct services is over meals on wheels or whatever and they do different things in town there's always that on umbrella like thing united way united you know, way with like all these different yeah nonprofits mm -hmm. underneath that makes sense and you are nonprofit. yes yes so people if you can get involved anywhere in the united states because there's a lot of these trails going up right now the, uh, i guess yours would be considered like we're dragonfly trail but are they called trail networks what is the general name yeah, across the trail nation. networks trail systems system like stuff that. like that greenway okay. trails greenway i've heard yep. that okay so if you use trails, if anyone hears of any of that, any part of your city, please jump on this. And if you ever want to help contribute, what would they do? What would they do to help out? What What do you look for? Um. Yeah. So because of COVID, we were not able to start like a ambassador program. Sure. Um, that's sort of when we we really when I came on board. Um. So we will have trail ambassadors that just help you know tell us when lights are out or help us maintain things. Um. 
we will, you can also donate directly to the trail system. So one of the things that's interesting that I just, I get asked a lot, two things. One, the trails are owned and operated by the city of Columbus. So what okay. Dragonfly, how our relationship with the city works is we design and engineer the trails, basically figure out where they're going to go, uh, figure out how to build them. And then we work with the city to bid it out. And um, usually it's paid, it historically has been paid for um, by the city, but Dragonfly trails, now that we're really getting rolling, we're trying to fund more of the construction, which is the bulk of the cost, yeah. um, to get more trails built quicker. And you're the not your nonprofit for the city, but the city is. I'm trying to figure out how that works. Sorry, total. Yeah, so separate. it's called a public-private partnership. That's so public-private. So okay. if you donate to the Dragonfly Trails, okay. your money, hundred percent of it, goes to trails. Okay. So it's either designing the trails or constructing the trails. We've been really fortunate in the first few years when we could. We we're just getting started as a nonprofit and didn't quite have the fundraising capacity. Um, you know, we would pay for the design and engineering, which is normally about 10%. And then the 90%, the big cost is construction. Gotcha. And the city would cover that. And we love that relationship with the city. And so if we can maintain that, but then Dragonfly Trails can raise even more money to build two trails in one year. That's what we want to do. Okay. And that's what we're on track to do. Um, but let me just tell you, trails are ridiculously expensive, even though they have a great return on investment. So, you know, we're looking at $1.5 million for a mile of trail. And that normally that process from design to um, you know having it complete can take two to three years. It's so how much of that comes from your whole? You can speed up a project because you get so much revenue from the city, whether mm -hmm. that's through a splos or whether it's yep. tax, whatever. And then then the other side may come from where? How do we, how do we private? Work? So private um, fundraising. So it can go come from a foundation, from a grant. It can come from an individual. Like I can, I personally could donate to the Dragonfly Trail, um, or anybody listening could do that. Gotcha. And okay. all of that funding goes towards the construction of the trails. Perfect. I mean, yeah. that, 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 that's that's great. Yeah. I could see you're lit up about it, but this is not going to end. We have a lot more to go. So much of that trail that's already natural, or should I say you can utilize something, is that is that a good chunk of that too? Because how much of it do you have to construct versus like, I got five miles of here that's already an existing sidewalk, or there's a path that goes to the side. How much of that? All of it is new build. It's all new yep. build. Okay, so, so we got to understand this. So this is all new build. Yeah. Even even if you're building onto something that's considered a new build, like if you're going to widen something that's yeah. already there. Yeah, so, so like so it. Example, I'll give you one example, actually, I guess, that talks to your point. In front of the River Center, we're working on that right now. The River Center has this beautiful brickwork. Like, it's mm -hmm. gorgeous. The sidewalks are in perfect right. condition. We're going to skip. We skipped that block. But right. pretty much everywhere else, it's new build. And most sidewalks are four to six feet wide. Our trails are 10 feet wide. That's the difference. It's yeah. great. So you can get a and bike, pedestrian can enjoy it. Where do we stand with people with the... Uh, skateboards and all, you know, cause they seem to get a bad rap. They have skateboard parks. Do we want them on there? Who yeah. wouldn't, who would you say we don't want you on there? So we want everybody on our trails. Okay. Except, okay. Um, uh, yeah, right. except motorized vehicles. Sure. Right. Um, yeah. We don't so, want that. You know, uh, um, one of the challenges that trails are having throughout, you know, internationally, nationally are, um, electric bikes. So there are two types of electric bikes um, where it's called pedal assist, meaning you're actually physically pedaling to move the bike, even if you have a little help from a battery. Right. There are throttle electric bikes, which is like pretty much like a motorcycle. Yeah, you're going that fast. That, yeah, yeah. you know, where you don't have to pedal, you just have to twist it up. That is, we do not want that on our trail. It's just um, a safety concern. And they can go too fast without really having a lot of control. Um, but as far as like skateboarders and rollerbladers, 
Absolutely. Come on the trail, use it. The rules on the trail are that the pedestrians always have the right of way and pedestrians being somebody who's walking. So people who are on bikes or rollerblading, you really have to work to make sure you are keeping yourself safe. Like the first, you should stop for a pedestrian. People are pretty respectful that I do notice that. I really wish there's a lot of people out there what frustrates me there are some parents they don't teach the kid left and right side yeah you know just like you would on a road no or walking you'll see people walk and they'll fill up the whole thing and you're on a bike hey i'm coming to your left side you know be courteous those kind of things i don't know of too many situations or any main issues i haven't really seen or heard anything but it's not really policed so this is so where do we get this info yeah well let me let me say a few things we always say three two Two is a two or three people is a wall, so you want to stay pretty much single file. Two people is okay, but like yeah. really three is a wall, um, and communicate. Just verbalize what you're doing. So if you're on a bike and you're right. coming up behind somebody, say on your left, passing, etc. Okay, that's always helpful on the trail. Um, the intr- the trails are incredibly safe. So we did have a uh, bike patrol on, on the trails um, recently. As everybody is aware of, CPD is down on numbers. The they those police officers need to be where they are needed the most. Um, but the, the, we call them the bike cops. The bike yeah, cops right. will be so back okay, on yeah. the trails Good. as soon as they can. Okay. Um, but, you know, one of the things people worry, I've gotten questions about is, oh, the safety on, on the trails. Here's the thing. The trails are incredibly safe. For how many people use them, there are very, very few incidents that I that I hear of. that, And I check with the police. And, and obviously, people on the trails write notes on Facebook and social media and things like that. My biggest advice is if you're new to the trails or maybe you don't feel comfortable or you're bringing children with you, whatever it may be, the go to the most popular areas. Go during daytime hours. Go during those times when you just feel most comfortable. Maybe don't go, you know, on the river walk at the tail end of the river walk at 830 at night. You know, right. like use common use, sense. And use common yeah, sense. Sure. That's what I would say. But our our trails are very well lit. They are very popular. I mean, pretty much from... 10 p.m., or I would say probably from 5 or 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., um, people are on the trails. They're using them. Right. So, you know, you've had, you have a lot of time there to figure out when to get your walk And there's in. no there's no curfew on them, but, there, but there's a common sense value. Yeah. So just use it. I mean, like anything you would. I mean, it right. makes sense. I mean, it's, you know, your surroundings wear it. I know my advice to, and I got all girls in my life, is like if you wear the iPads, you get to open the aftershocks. Just hear, so you can hear a bicyclist coming up behind you. Don't do the iPod things. There's some people that did not hear me. And then she goes to the left and I'm like, it didn't even hear me yep. because she had it in there. Th- that to me is, you know, use some common sense. It is. Yep. It, it's, yeah. you know, if it, you're yeah. going to wear headphones, it's yeah. fine. Just keep one ear open. If you're going <clears> to <throat> yeah. walk your dog on a retractable leash, yes. keep it locked. And you know, please, if, so you, that, yeah, yeah. if you have small kids that are learning how to, you know, be on a bicycle, go to the widest part of the path, like be looking both ways. Right. Just be like practice common courtesy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I would say again, I mean, from what I'm seeing, if, if nobody's ever experienced these, it's always fun to get into a new portion of trail because like you said, nobody really knows it yet. So you yeah. kind of get the first feel of it and you get to kind of experience this. And it does really change the perspective perspective of your city. It, it, it just makes it look different. You're seeing it in a whole new light, um, especially on the you know rails to trails portion of the river walk or on, on part of the Dragonfly network. It's it's just like, wow. I love going up to the North Highland Dams on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that to me is still the most incredible. It gives it that old feel. I love how they did it with the wrought iron. It kept it's it beautiful. very rustic looking. It, it, uh, 
I, I was on it this the other day and I just couldn't believe it. And you got that, <clears throat> like I said, the big signage that's there. And, um, you know, overall, I think we're doing pretty good. Vandalism is very minimal. I think people yep. are pretty respectful. And we hope if you ever see anything, don't ever try to engage with anybody, but, you know, report it or whatever. Because yeah. this is this is your your trail. It's, it's it's something that everybody wants to use. But it's it's heavily, you know, it's traffic. And I always feel good. There's always somebody coming by. And it's it's quite amazing to see um, some of the folks that are on there. Like you said, from 8 to 80. Yep. And one of the things is if you are on the trails and you ever see a light down or you know, signage that's been vandalized or a tree in the trail, uh, in the middle of the trail. The city has this great 311 app. You can go on your cell phone and download it. You can get it on your desktop. Literally around you will be a light. Look at the light pole number or get some sort of landmark, type it in, send it to them, and they'll address it. And the city has been incredibly responsive to those things. Um, so help us maintain the trails. You know, the city does an amazing job, but covering 35 miles of trails, Weekly, that's a lot. Um, yeah, so is. let's help yeah. them out. You know, yeah. or if you're walking the trail, what uh, my partner and I have started doing is we just grab a trash bag before we go, and we we walk our dogs, and we have an extra trash bag, and we just pick up stuff that we see for the 30 minutes that we're on the trail. That's a great. That's you a know, great idea. Why not? And I do see it. And you you know, during these times of COVID, I know we're lacking people and stuff like that. And you know, our river was designed as you you mentioned. I heard you say something about. There is a sewer line. It's the whole idea. They they were able to build on, on top of where the water and the sewer lines are, which makes sense. But it's also in a position where when the water levels rise, it, it it's going to flood occasionally. Yep. And when that part of the trail floods, it's no big deal. We got other ways to get up and around it, and you can still enjoy your city. It, that's what's so amazing. There's always a backup to a backup on that. But a lot of trash sometimes gets on there. So you know, take we do those volunteer days, but. Um, that, that's a great workout. Actually, if you're just going to walk and just get in poke, it'd be kind of fun and you're doing yep. a good thing. Yeah. Yep. Get some gloves and, you know, get a little poker stick, whatever the heck those yeah. things are. And, and, you know, help clean up your city. I think if everyone did their part, but when you're on them, that's how much more you appreciate it. I, I have to say, if anyone, please just take advantage of it. It's all I can say. It's, it's just, it, it's, it, there's nothing more satisfying, gratifying to see people, like I said, of different backgrounds, ages, um, you know, even I'll even say too, you know, occasionally we'll have, you know, we'll see a few homeless uh, friends of mine that are on there and yep. they, they're very, even they find it very respectful. They're, they're walking or using part of that trail or maybe they're fishing down there and I'll see some guys and, and uh, not so many women, but they're, but they're, you know, they're really well, you know, connected. They're kind of keep their eye open and a, Hey, how you doing? You yeah, know? And it's, I, just, it's just, it's, it's a good, um, fun, you know, and I think getting this, the city, I think it, it, it bridges the gap of everybody socioeconomically. It brings yeah. everyone together. Yeah. yeah. You, you hit that, um, like nail on the head. It is the most culturally diverse place in my opinion. Yes. Um, yeah, I agree. Certainly our trails are some of the most culturally diverse places in our community. And it is this incredible opportunity to connect with people that you don't hang out with, that you don't work with, that you don't go to school with. Like it is so special. And there is a buzz that you're, when you're on the trail, like if you are just walking, um, if you're exercising, you get it, you definitely get it. But if you're just walking, I mean, it's a really cool feeling to see all these people in your community that love this place and that are working to make it better and just enjoying space together. It's really special. And so, um, I encourage anybody to just explore. And certainly if you, you know, you go to the same trail all the time, try a different trail. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, there's so many of them. Yeah. No excuse. That's good. Well, I hope to see you on a trail very soon. Absolutely. I was going to say, I was thinking there's two songs I want you to think of here, Becca. We'll end it like this. There's your, and you may, may not know this. His name is Michael Franks. He's a jazz musician, does like kind of fusion. 
he's very poetic when he writes. And there's one that's called Dragonfly Summer, which is really good. Great, great. Just you and Miles, just Miles, listen to this. It's okay. good. Kind of, it kind of has a romantic thing, but it's really good. It's called Dragonfly Trails, which I think you'd find Dragonfly Summer is what I meant to say. And he's got a real, you know, he's got that breathy voice when he's he singing voice. the radio voice. Yeah. So you have that one. And then I was just going to say, um, oh, what was I going to say? What was the other thing I was going to say? Lewis, help me out here. He's not paying attention. I was gonna, <laughs> I'll think of it. There was another. There was another part of this whole, whole thing, but it's the it's the network of connection, which is really good. Yes, physical connection, or I mean, physically yeah. connecting places, but also connecting with people. Yeah, um, it's really special. Great, so special. Thank you so much. It makes it without us even discussing some kind of physical fitness. It, it's written all over it. Yes. Get out there, no matter what you do. Walk, bike. Whatever it may be, but no motorized vehicles, please. Okay. <laughs> start pedaling and start walking. Let's talk about the Bob Jeswold Show, health and wellness, as we continue rocking and rolling. Becca Sajak, thank you so much. We're going to have you back again when we make the connections from north to south and then get this thing really wild connection from the city to the suburbs. I love it. So hopefully you join us, too, right here at WRBL.com. You can check us out when you go to the video portion at WRBL.com. And always at 7, 6 Central, we live stream this, or sometimes it's streaming at that point. But you can check us out on Apple, Spotify, and iHeart. We're there for you whenever you need us, wherever you get your podcast. The video is pretty cool, though. And then you can connect with us right here on social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Bob Jeswald, WRBL. Becca's Ajak. Thank you very much. The CEO extraordinaire. She does it all. Thank <laughs> One you. One man. man. <laughs>